You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Bradfoe Show. It is Coop, and I am joined with Gordo, Sammy, and Pat Brown for the Puppuccino Halloween Spectacular. Uh... This is just kind of a news update episode. There, Not too much has happened. Gordo and I reacted to the Breslow stuff, but Sammy and Pat were not here with us. So a lot has happened in their world since we last spoke a week ago. Uh, but Gordo, how are you doing? Happy Halloween. I'm a dog today, Coop. Yeah, I That's how it. I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sammy, no, I'm we're moving dog. on. No. Uh, <laughs> Sammy, how, how you doing? How you been? Uh, Breslow. Dude, Breslow, he's my uh, my neighbor, kind of. I live near BC, so near Newton. He lives in Newton. Call us neighbors. Practically bringing sugar over to him uh, whenever he needs it. Oh, yeah, always got sugar for Brez. Brez. Uh, and I think the co-founder of the Brez Boys, is that what you dubbed? Uh, I yeah, Brez Bros. Brez yeah, Bros. That's, that's a Pat Brown. Yeah, I can't that's a Pat Brown. I'm not in that camp. I can't say I have joined you yet in that endeavor. Uh, my foot is yes in the uh, the Brez feeders uh, camp right now. I'm a big <laughs> fan of Brez feeder. We sipping on Brez, <laughs> buddy. That sweet sweet nectar. If yeah. I, if they sign Otani, that has to just be that's your first tweet. You're not allowed to say anything else for at least 15 minutes. Just breast feeders. Breast feeder. If yeah. Breast feeder. If we Brez. if we sign Otani, we have to commission a artist, designer, whatever to to make a picture of Shohei suckling on Craig Breslow's Brez. What if we make oh, no. Wait, what if all right, can we I don't want to say this every time. So what if we just become like the milkmen and every time that Breslow does something that feeds the farm, we say it's a Brez feeder. Yeah. Or, ah! You know what we need? We need somebody who's Gordo's in. Need someone who's good at I can't tell if he's in or not because he's a dog. So he's in. He's in. We we need someone I got that dog in me. We need someone to Photoshop us all like milking a cow and Craig Breslow's head is on the cow and then we're all getting the Brez milk. Wait, can we all just like, can we do this real quick? Real quick. Yep. Sweet. That could be our celebration every yep. time Breslow. Anytime, like, there's a, anytime one of his signings or trades does well, I'm just tweeting that gif. Yeah, and we come. I love it. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Gordo will be in a dog thing. I'll be in a Duncan <laughs> onesie. Great. Let's do it. Brez boys. Good stuff. Good stuff. Happy um, Halloween. Yeah, happy happy Halloween. It's off the rails. I mean, this is a fun episode. Wait, um, before before we get into anything, I need to okay. ask my question. I asked you guys before the show, but Pat wasn't here yet. Pro or anti candy corn? Oh, throw them in the trash. Oh, I we I knew we were gonna get an we anti one. Throw them in the trash. Candy corn is good. It's a ball of wax. Yeah, well, I like how it's I bet you like peeps tummy. too, you sicko. No, peeps Wait, I, 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 yes. Oh, peeps are good. Peeps are what, what's fantastic. wrong with peeps? It's just marshmallows. Too, no, it's the Wait, question, question. I is that cultural appropriation? What? Yeah, my culture is not your prom dress, Samuel. Is my peeps Duncan an Easter thing? Is that my Duncan? No, peeps are an Easter candy. Oh, right? So sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I don't smell very No, I'll let you have it because let me tell you, bagels are they're fantastic. All right. Good, good. 
Yeah, I was gonna say, handshake, handshake. We got a fair trade there. Yeah, fair. I like Gelt. Okay. Gelt is good. Okay. Sammy, you like Gelt? Gelt? I like Gelt. I like good Gelt on Halloween for, uh, or people, on Hanukkah. What is people Gelt? Are unaware. Gelt, Gelt is like coins, it's like chocolate coins that you you like spin the dreidel. Oh and you yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yep. then okay. Coins of chocolate. I got you. Uh, it's currency. Big good fan stuff. of latkes. Oh, very good stuff. Yes, yeah, I think the, the uh, Jewish food is generally kind of underrated. Like we got, to, it's not the best, but it's it's solid. Reuben, good Reuben. Oh, oh, great. buddy, great. You make me a Reuben, I'm going to be a happy boy. Have you ever seen the kosher vending machine at Fenway? Does oh, it, I have seen that in right field. Is right? it good? Have what? Have you guys ever tried it? I like. Never. I want to try it so oh, bad i never knew that was a thing my grandmother's gonna be so happy when she hears about this <laughs> i can't in my right mind buy hot food out of a vending machine yeah that's weird i also don't keep kosher i like bacon neither like do i favorite food so sorry yeah but kosher food is pretty good i sorry tribes people yeah no, they got good food yeah, if, you, if you pay an arm and a leg for you know it who's kosher? expensive you know who's kosher craig breslow oh He's part of the. Does crew. he keep kosher? He's part of the tribe. I don't. I don't think he keeps kosher, but he is Jewish, and he probably likes Rubens like me Shout and out. everyone else I know who's Jewish. So Rubens Shout all day. Out. Fenway should start selling Rubens. Catholics don't really have that great food. Yeah, but you guys have more like a broad array. There's like Catholic people from different cultures. You could get like people in uh, Mexico are Catholic. Mexican food's great. Italy. That's true. That's true. Cool. Yeah, world dominance. Have- yeah, I think I'm reading the writing on the wall here, Craig Breslow. Jewish. We need a third base coach, Ruben Amaro Jr. Oh. No, I don't want that. That was, was the just, weirdest thing ever. Let me, let me clarify. Ruben Amaro Jr. come into that. Because you said you were talking about Rubens. Oh, Ru- oh I caught on. I caught that. <laughs> was that not right, the weirdest yeah. hire ever when he just decided he wasn't going to be in the front office and was just going to coach yeah. first? Was he, was he a first yeah, base coach? That for- loves, that's a dude that loves the clubhouse. Oh, he loves it. But, dude, you know what's weird is you hear, fr- like, uh, on the field to the front office. You never hear front office to the field. That's, like, a weird no, never. progression. Yeah, especially for a different team, too. Like, he left the Phillies front office to go to the Sox yeah. first baseline. What, didn't that only last, like, a year? Yeah. I think yeah, so. it was rough. It was pretty bad. Weird time. Yeah. Uh, but, so, I guess that kind of, I mean, any any idea – on anything from the Breslow. I mean, we've gotten the Jen McCafferty piece about him probably looking a lot like Chris Young, where he's going to sign a whole lot of people. So, and, I mean, like, that's the only way to go from here. That's the direction Sam Kennedy has said that we're probably going to go. Um, so, I guess that's at least a similarity. But yeah. beyond that, I mean, like, is. Is what we're about to see going to be considered the Breslow era, or is this just like, I don't know, like BC, like, or I guess like AC, like after Heim? Like, is that just. I think, I think there's enough out there now between what guys he worked with and what's on the field for the Cubs to know what he looks for in pitching. So I think his fingerprints will be all over pitching development and the pitching side of things. We know he looks at stuff plus, my guy. And um, Velo. So I think that's going to be a lot different than kind of how Heim operated. Heim operated on strictly expecting batting average, spin rates. I mean, we signed Corey Kluber. He throws 58. Like, <laughs> Breslow is going to come in and revamp the pitching side of things. Hey. Yeah, you thought you thought because he was off the team, he was, he was safe. No, no. never. Uh, Pat, I agree with you, but I do want to caution one thing. 
this is not something that's going to happen overnight. And we have a notoriously yes. impatient fan base. So I'm going to do my best to encourage everyone to please be patient. Look at the Cubs rotation. Stroman, Steele, Assad, Hendricks. None of those guys throw hard. This is not something you're going to see on the field to start 2024. It's going to start in the minors. And it's going to build up through the program. Not an overnight thing. So if you don't see that year one, let's all collectively not freak out and trust that there's a process in place that will eventually lead to high velocity, high whiff rate guys that Breslow likes. Yeah, it's an organizational overhaul. That's what this is. It's a process that starts from the ground up. Like these guys, it's not like you're going to see like Tanner Howe come in next year throwing five miles an hour harder just because Craig Breslow's in the fold. Like this is going to start with these guys when their kids coming up through the system, the entire pitching program is about to change. Like it's, it's just like a, like how we talk about Heim Bloom and these guys coming up through the minors and you're not going to see Heim's impact until like the coming years when his drafted guys get into the bigs. It's going to be the same thing with Breslow and, and honestly any executive. Similar concept, but it is nice now because when we had Heim Bloom and this is not a Heim thing, this is a Red Sox thing. I was very firm in the camp of don't draft a pitcher first or second round like use your top picks on assets you know you can develop and now we're kind of in a place where it's maybe you do draft a pitcher maybe you do take a risk uh, you don't have that same fear of like this organization has no clue what it's doing when it comes to developing pitchers because frankly before brian bayo what was it buckholtz lester it was, was like decades since we had was, ever yeah, like was, seen them yeah, actually it's not, great, not great yeah like in, impressive uh, inability to develop pitchers so we don't know too much about Breslow or what it's going to look like, but at the very least, it does feel like a step in the right direction, and I'm happy about that. That's what I, the the fact that this is kind of like a, a shock therapy to the Red Sox right now, like not just like the MLB team, but it's going to be to the entire organization. That's what has me a little bit like like Gordo and I had said, like cautiously optimistic. Like the odds that this goes completely right and that you know, the whole we play for championships thing goes according to plan. Like, that's going to be incredible to pull off, but it's not like it's it wouldn't be the first time that they had done that. I mean, yeah. you look at 2012 to 2013, that was a bit of a shock to the system. And, I mean, maybe this is like a harbinger of that. Like, this World is Series. going to head in that direction. 2023 World Series. Are we, are we doing World Series talk in November? No, I'm just saying none, neither of these teams in the World Series won 75 games the year before. So it's not out of the question that they could come back into contention right away. I just don't expect to see, you know, five Spencer Striders out there like right away. Like, let's, let's be... Let's, that's let's what I mean. Like, that, that's why, like, you have to be cautiously optimistic about this. Yeah, and I just hope that people are more patient than they were with High and Bloom. Because, my God... They made it really clear why Bloom was there. He's there to build up the system and, you know, methodically get you to the promised land. It wasn't an, never was supposed to be an overnight thing. I don't know how much access to the cash vault they're going to give Breslow, but patience, please. I'm begging everyone. Patience. But that's why, like, I, that's why I also Good kind of phrase the question as like, how much can we like attribute to Heim Bloom if they do pull it off? Because oh, I, I mean, like, just look at the roster. A lot of his fingerprints will be on this, and it will be that whole. Well, how much did Breslow actually do? Because he just came in and just started spending. Like, I don't. It's going to be the talk that of the we town. Don't look at it like that. I know people are going to want to. Like the fact that I could fabricate that means that some talk show radio host is probably going to go out there and do that. So it's just kind of like 
is that a reality? Is that something that like but just is that a bar that we like, can't really like have Breslow trying to jump over? I I think that depends on what the roster looks like on opening day. I mean, if you run out the same lineup that you had That's this past season and you push. add a starting pitcher or two, then you could say that Heim had a lot to do with that. Yeah. If you flip Doogie and then you get someone out, like whatever. But like you can't say Casas is Bloom. That's Dombrowski. Yeah. Yeah. Casas and Hauk are like the two holdovers from the Dombrowski era. So if these guys, this group does and take a far, we can be like, wow, and he's triple GM'd. <laughs> but you got to remember, that's, though, like, that's yeah. a little guys like Rafaela, like these are, was... these are Sorry. Dombrowski. Like th- these guys have, like Sid on Raphael is a, technically a Dombrowski guy. Like Bayo's technically a Dombrowski guy. Oh, but yeah. you got to remember that like, I mean, like the, these developmental yeah. programs, like this is like a, it's a Heim Bloom established program like these guys developed under a different guy so it's like one thing to bring him into the system but it's another thing to develop them along so it's like both guys deserve credit and i think it's going to be like that just for for the same way with a lot of guys that heim drafts that maybe craig breslow helps develop like especially on the pitching side of it yeah i mean that's what 2018 was a mix of like what charrington charrington a little dombrowski a little bit of theo yeah Dash of Theo. Oh, man. So it's just kind of like that's Dash what I think Theo. all these teams. I, I I guess that's like the Red Sox blueprints now. It's just like you have yeah. a Frankenstein of front office execs until you have your monster of a team that wins the World Series. Gordo, you, you, you are right. Like you could you could put like Bayo and Rafaela under Dombrowski, but I just mean like guys that Dombrowski himself went out and got. Like we like Dombrowski's not going down to the Dominican Republic to scout. Brian Bayo, he's like, oh, the frame on this kid's not great, but I like it. Like, that's the there's a whole department for that. I meant guys like he drafted or traded for, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, to be fair, this his era. Yeah, in the same vein as that, though, if we go on to next year and Willier Abreu and Emmanuel Valdez become meaningful contributors, those are the Heim guys. Yeah. Like, those are when those are the Heimist guys. I think Winkowski's like a sneaky important part to this team because. That bullpen had to log so many innings. He was one of the few guys you could mostly rely upon to go multiple and be effective. So, oh my God, I can't yeah. wait for this friggin' season. Not that I'm not I'll, enjoying this World Series, but my God. Ugh. I'll tell you what, if they do it next year, you know whose fingerprints are going to be all over it? Thick Lily. Eddie Romero. Oh, Eddie Romero. Eddie Romero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Thought, all over it. I thought you were bringing a Thick Willie reference. Oh, well, we can talk thick Willie all day. Do we do we think that it's going to be Eddie at this point? Like how certain I would put it like I'm 85% confident right now on absolutely no like basis besides like Will Fleming talking about it, Lou Merloni saying it's a, probably a front runner. Like him uh, to me be being on this since like the very beginning. Um but so that's why I'm like 85% confident right now. Who, the who cares? I mean, like, like what's who, who, Brian, BOH, Brian O'Halloran was the GM technically. Like, uh, the yeah. way I view it, the titles don't really matter. I think it's going to be Breslow's in charge, but guided a little bit by Romero, kind of like, yo, man, I've been here. This generally doesn't work. I don't mind this direction. This is new. I think Romero's going to have more agency than he normally does, but it's going to be, be- Breslow's show to run, regardless of what are the president of baseball ops whatever the name is that we're giving these guys now. I know it's like a chief baseball officer. Did we give him CBO? You freaking we talked about yeah, that did. last episode, right? Yeah. yeah. Chief. He's the so, chief. He's chief. 
I hope that. But no, I, I hope that they give him a chief. Like I want Eddie to have more run than he did, and I honestly I would be thrilled if he was promoted to the GM role. I do think it's important, and I don't know if they're going to go this route, but they didn't go this route with Haim, and I, I know it's been reported that they probably should have. Like a lot of people have that opinion. I want them to make sure they bring someone in that's done the job before. Like not not necessarily like just been in a front office. Like I know that the Red Sox have plenty of people who have been in assistant GM roles and they have BOH who's been a GM, like a number two, but they don't have anyone in the organization that has experience in a number one capacity. And I know they just spent a bunch of time talking to Neil Huntington. And I know there's other people who have had the job before that don't necessarily have a job right now or other people that in organizations that maybe they could bring over. I think it's important to get someone that has done the job before to be in Breslow's ear. Tell him this worked for me, this didn't work for me. Like I've been there, and like I know that Does this that is matter, tempting. Though? But you... he has Theo, and Theo like recommended him for the job. Like Loomer Lowe said for Gresham Poirier that like Theo really did give his blessing on this and said this is the guy that you want. So why is it necessarily important to say that? he needs guidance when he does have so many people behind him that he can rely on. I mean, when you have Theo, like, you know, a text away, do you need someone to really guide you? But like, how really into the nitty gritty can Theo get? Like, cause he's not a red, so like he's an MLB employee. He's not a Red Sox employee. Like he'll give like that recommendation that gets you the job. Like he knows you in that capacity. That's he'll, true. he'll, he'll recommend you, but is he going to be a sounding board that you can come to, you know, on a weekly, bi-weekly, whatever basis, he knows the organization because he's employed by them and knows the system today. Like, that's not Theo. Like, you got to employ he, Yeah, but I'm not that. saying he's going to be the one to be like, hey, you need to take Otani over uh, Yamamoto. I more so mean, like, someone that he can go to and be like, hey, like, I want to be able to do this. John Henry is telling me, like, no, he's pushing back on me. What is the best way to talk to him? I would think that's the kind of guidance you want. So, therefore, do you really need someone that has been in that position that like that's why i want eddie because i think eddie can maneuver like the pr side and that's when like you take pressure off of sam kennedy like that's like an organizational look at what makes sense the way that i kind of see it is so no matter who is hired at gm breslow is the one calling the shots no matter what it's kind of like a a double-edged sword because you could have the a red sox incumbent employee a la Eddie Romero, Raquel Ferreira, one of those people who's been in the organization, knows how the organization operates and can be kind of like an advisor in that essence. Or you could go the Neil Huntington route of, I have the experience, I can be your confidant. Like, it, 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 I don't see one side of that, whether it be an incumbent Red Sox employee or an outsider who's done the job before. I think they both have equal benefits. So I don't... I don't know if there's a right and a wrong hire necessarily, Jim. To quote the great Eddie Romero, why not both? Because you can make Eddie Romero, the, Eddie Romero can be the GM and you can hire someone who maybe has been out of the game for a couple of years or maybe wants to change the scenery, whatever, as a special advisor. Like there's no limit. I know that they say that the Red Sox front office has a lot of people in it, but I don't think that, I don't think you can go wrong having a voice in there that's done the job. Uh, bring back Tony Larusa as a special advisor. Oh my God! Uh, yeah. Right. So can on we that kick note, him out of here. Can we? Kick, is there a way to do that? Can you do that? Is that a thing? Holy moly! Um, so well, let's I'm use that to pivot. On. Like one of the first things that Breslow is probably going to have to tackle after he comes in on November second 
at noon, I think his presser is at. I believe um, so. Yeah. For him to actually get the job and get things rolling. Uh, Justin Turner. Justin Turner has a mutual option, correct? It's a yeah. player option. Uh, player is option, it just player. player? Player option. Player okay. option that he's definitely turning down. Yeah, 13. Yeah, it was a front loaded. To turn it down, right? Or no, sorry. 6.7 if he turns it down, plus yep. then he can sign for whatever. And if he accepts it, it'll be 13.4. So obviously he's going to decline it. He'll make more money regardless. He'll get the 6.7 from saying no on top of whatever he gets when he signs. So that's a no-brainer. Red Sox fans, don't freak out when he declines it. He's going to decline it. It would be unbelievably foolish not to. It's basically a free $6.5 million. He's going to decline it. Doesn't mean he's not coming back. Thank you. Just look at look, just look at him posting everything. There's no way that he is not going to be back here. I mean, like, is he every time? Try. Every time he does something fun, I'm just kind of like, yeah, he's one of us. He was never in LA for the majority of his career. Do you guys feel at all as a Red Sox fan, Justin Turner's kind of flirting with us a little bit? <laughs> I think that's a, a bit of bit. like being to the Red Sox like yeah like you're gonna pay me six million dollars because these people love me so much after a season where you have just become the most hated team in Boston you need the good graces I'm sweetening the pot and solidifying the fact that you need me here so yeah I I think he's flirting with Boston big time we're being flirted with we're attractive someone wants him hey I like being I hope he doesn't I hope he doesn't have family reasons (laughs) hopefully there's no Family issues that make him leave, like everyone else, apparently. <laughs> the worst is what, uh, Raquel Ferreira. Didn't, didn't she? Yeah. She also signed it. Yeah. She already works for them, and she said that. That's so brutal. That's a brutal Honestly, rejection. I looked at that as like, I don't want to be fired in four years. Yeah. I like what I'm doing. I like the fact that I yeah. have like stability in my job for my family. That is my family reason. Yeah. Like, that's oh, respectable. That's- I like... Totally, totally. You sign up to get fired for that job. That's so bad. That's such a bad look for the Red Sox. I'm sorry. I don't. I hate when people are like, "Oh, they look like shit." That's such a bad look, man. Family. Oh, she didn't even interview. She's like, "Nah, f that." Yeah, man. It's not for everyone. Yeah. I mean, would you think if the Red Sox came to you right now in your Dunkin' Donuts onesie? Would you? Would you say yeah? For what's my job? Your GM. Oh, dude. Four-year contract with a one-year extension. If I were GM, I would be like... 120K a year. That's way less than what they ought, like actually pay. But sure. I'll tell you, I, I would be like... the headaches, Sammy. We'll give it to you for the headaches. Can you imagine Coop, the tweet? Would you say no? On the phone with the Mets. Do you would want to Would I say no? Alonzo? I would say no in a heartbeat. Yes. Oh, that's like, that is that's a, a lie. lie. That is a lie. Yes. We have a liar on this show right now. It's, I don't know yeah, what I would do. Who says no? Coop. Who says this no? Is like, oh. This is the like, metaphorical like joker. Like The dog finally got like the car, but doesn't know what to do with it. Can you imagine how many people would watch Morning Coop of Coffee if you drop little hints of like where you, like, you pour your coffee and you'd be like, we need a left-handed reliever. Yeah, what and then I'd get manhandled by like James Click or something. Like get a trade. Great, this guy's really yeah, good. Yeah, I would like. He would just like. I'm too passive. He'd be like, "You're gonna give me Rafael Devers and Alex Verdugo for Alec Manoa," and I'd be like, "Absolutely, sir." Manhandled. You got yourself a deal. You want to go catch a movie later? I heard the Taylor Swift movie is pretty good. You want to go see it? 
you like show I just up. Want to be your friend. Show up to the podcast with a black eye. You're like, what happened, Coop? You're like, James Click kicked my he ass. He robbed me. <laughs> James, James Click kicked my ass. Uh, what did he take from you? Chris Sale. Man handled by James Click. That was a great line. Uh, Neil Huntington broke into my car and left Chris Archer in there. <laughs> Neil Huntington looks like uh, he looks like a like a cabbage patch kid. <laughs> That's oh tough. God. That's brutal. He left Gabe Kapler beat me up in the parking lot. <laughs> Gabe Kapler would do all his press conferences with his shirt off. <laughs> oh, oh he, man. he literally would like manhandle me. I kind of <laughs> like it. Who do you, which, uh, which GM do you think you could beat in a fight, Coop? MMA fight. Five rounds. MMA? Yeah. Um, gloves. Mouthpiece. That's it. Cup. Dave Dombrowski. You think you beat Dave Dombrowski? He probably yeah, has a good He's an read. old man. He's an old man, and it would make me feel good about myself. All right. Coop's There's gonna... no way that Brian Cashman has anything in him to fight. Brian yeah. Cashman would go down you could in a doll. second. Brian Cashman might have like a lot of inner demons that he wants to just release and just beat the crap out of someone from getting roasted for like 10 consecutive years, so you never know. But does he have the strength? He has it. You're right. He has it in his head. There's no way that that guy is not ready to explode at any moment. But who's I just... The, who's the most intimidating, physically intimidating GM? I would imagine probably Chris Young, right? Oh, yeah. Six oh, foot yeah. Ten. What am I talking about? 6'4". Like six, six, Recently, they might be. Isn't he 6'10"? Six, six, ten? Ten? Yeah, yeah, he's like 6'10 or 6'11 or something. Wait, who is no this? No way. Is he really? Yeah. Chris Young, yeah. the yeah. Rangers GM. Yeah, no, I'd, he'd manhandle me as well. 6'10", yeah. He's huge, man. Yeah. You imagine no, six you. foot ten. <laughs> no, thank you. You know, I, you know who I stood next to once. Look him up if you've never heard of George Mirison from the Wizards be like back Shaquille in like the eighties. Look him up if you ever heard of him. No, this guy is even. This, if you if you can't believe it, this guy is I think a solid I've four inches seven. taller than Shaq. Yeah, this guy's two inches taller than Shaq. Seven His seven. Four knees. I wow. stood next to him in an elevator, and it was the most insane thing I ever. I, I was speechless. My jaw was on the floor. Uh, I have something that w- might leave people speechless. Uh, it's it's the question that Sammy texted us earlier. Ooh, Let's do we want to get into that? Let's hear it. Oh, I do. I want to hear it. Reliever one. Are we doing reliever? Or are we doing starter? I think the reliever one's better. Oh, we'll do the starter one. We'll do the starter one. All right. We'll do the starter. It's really. I think it's going to kind of come down to two guys. But I'll give you I'll give you the full slate. Actually, we'll see. So I was talking to Coop earlier in our chat. You guys all saw. Watching a lot of playoff baseball, blown away by like Brandon Fott, how calm he is, Evaldi, all these guys out there. So I wanted to ask, recent history, which Red Sox starting pitcher in any game seven would you want on the mound? And let me spark your memories. Guys who have done well in that role. John Lester, Pedro, and Texas Rangers pitcher Nate Evaldi. Who else? John Lackey, kind of a secondary guy in that field. Who else we got? Anyone else? Kurt he shall not be named. Yeah, I yeah. know. He's out. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, that's who not, it was. Not a huge fan of Kurt Schilling. Great in those spots. Derek Lowe, another Tim one. Lynn? Derek Lowe. Tim Lynn is set up guy, so I won't count him, but he was solid that role. Um, oh, because we're all right. We're not doing. I was still thinking. Uh, no, no, we're doing starters. Relief. So, who would you guys want? He was going to be my relief. I, I know my answer, um, but I want to hear from you guys because it's a pretty. 
it's a tough question. We got a lot of good options. I'll go first person. then. I, yeah, go Gordo. It's tough to pass on Nate Evaldi after after watching what he's doing, and he's the most recent one that did it for the Red Sox. But I gotta take John Lester. We don't really? talk about John Lester as the playoff hero that he is, but like just that that's gotta be because he's been just so great in the regular season that you expect it to carry over and the and when it does, you just kind of don't even blink or shrug. Whereas like mm-hmm. Nate kind of just ups his game and like some of these other guys, like I guess oh four we kind of glorified a little bit. Whereas John Lester, like people forget he won a World Series game in two thousand seven. Who can forget what he did in twenty thirteen? And the guy yeah, insane. And then breaks he did another curse. Cubs. Breaks the curse with the Cubs, like as the leader of that team. Like he was the leader of that staff. What's so your you guess? Got a guy. Postseason ERA. He's pitched 154 postseason. That's, I, I'm very happy you brought that up. He's basically done like a. He's pitched. Full that's season. a season. No, that that's that is yeah. Like that's not. Yeah. That's a full season. What What do you guys think his ERA is? Give me a wild guess, Pat. What's your guess? Two. F- Two five seven. Woo, two five one. Pretty close. Uh, I looked at it last week for some reason. Yes. John Lester. John Lester for the win. Happy Halloween. John Lester buying beers for the city of Chicago. John Lester would have been my option, so I guess we have to make it interesting now. So I if if you two have an uh, answer, please go because I've got to start digging. Uh well no, I mean I would also go Lester, but I think the case for Pedro outside of anywhere but Yankee Stadium. I feel like that's not a wrong answer. So that's actually why I asked, because I figured immediately the answer for most Red Sox fans of our age, we're in our mid to late 20s for everyone listening. I feel like the automatic answer is either Lester, and if not Lester, it's Evaldi. But how soon we forget how good Pedro Martinez was. Granted, not the same postseason numbers as those guys. He had a a 3.46 ERA, but that also includes some not-so-great games in his late 30s when he was pitching for the Phillies. But like... Ceiling wise, there's never been a better Red Sox pitcher. Period. That's the best yeah, pitcher yeah. in Red Sox history. I'm like super borderline baseball history. Yeah, he's he's one of the best pitchers ever. Now, not the same postseason numbers as John Lester. In fact, almost a full run higher. But can you really say no to Pedro? It's freaking yeah. Pedro. If it boils down to 2013 Lester or. I mean, if we're going prime, I mean, 99, 2000, 2000, like if you can take prime Pedro, yeah, that's your answer. Pedro in the uh, 90s, what is this? He pitched 24 uh, innings. <laughs> wow. He gave him three runs. So, yeah, I that's mean, what I'm saying. Like, but also, you have to consider 2004, there's not really a scenario in the history of baseball that you can come up with with more pressure than that. And he was good in that series, too. Uh, All of those series in 2004. Uh, ALDS, 3.86. He had the one bad game against the Yankees, which messed up his numbers in the CS. And in the World Series, he didn't give up a single run in seven innings. I found my answer. Oh, my God. What is it? Felix Dubron. Oh, he was great. (laughs) He is a 1.29 ERA in postseason pitching. Give me the inning count, Coop. Give I don't me want the inning to. count. I don't Do want it. to. Oh, seven. Come on. <laughs> come on. Seven. Four wait, points in World average? Series innings, oh, wait. though. Come on. Did he hit or did Workman hit in 2013? Who was the one who Workman. had to hit? Workman. Workman, Workman, Workman. had to hit? Yeah. <laughs> John Farrell's brightest moment. Second brightest. When he had Stephen Wright 
pinch run pinch hit any or pinch run yeah <sighs> pinch run for big poppy and just like completely oh whatever Ugh, that was don't, so bad don't talk it's bad. amazing that he was a manager for as long as he was but it's even <laughs> better he than was... now he's just a lobster man i love that i love that he I, just I like, like, like i want a world series i'm just i'm gonna f off now hell of a lobster man i was uh he was so bad i i just was not a fan of john farrell i bet we could get onto john farrell's lobster boat I would do anything guy, to be on Jeff Instagram. Do you guys want to try and do that? Main Lobsterman guy on Instagram. You guys seen that dude? He's great. No, I haven't. I'll send it to you guys. Uh, Captain Knowles. If I love really good. New York I love lobsters. Let's get on that I boat. I don't like eating lobster. No, I we'll talk to Brad Foe. I think this is something we'll, we we'll could get going. If we did like a little video, if we did a vlog with John From Farrell. You know what I heard about John Farrell? <laughs> I heard lobster boating. I heard an interesting thing about John Farrell. I don't know if it's true, but I have been told by my Was it on the internet? Who used to cover the team and he was like in the dugout and everything. He said that John Farrell wears a size eight hat, which is the largest size you can get without getting not, That's because of all those smart baseball moves he makes. Dude, that's how it works. The Dude, smarter you are, the bigger your head is. That's why I have a Dude, huge is Jimmy Neutron. We Smart. just got a Josh Beckett, by yeah. the way. I put the uh, question out on Twitter. So if you're listening oh, to this and have not oh, answered yet, that's a good one. go to the Bradfoe show, Bradfoe underscore show on Twitter. Go answer that question, please. Oh and God, thank you. We have a Jim Lonberg. I We said recently. Oh, get out of here. Uh, Josh Beckett. <laughs> We Beckett have a Nate and we have a Pedro. I want all curly. Wait, my, my, give me Cy Young. Beckett take. Good take. I wouldn't pick him. He was really hit or miss in the playoffs. Like he was unhittable 2007 divisional series. And then you go to like the 2008 divisional series and it's like a seven ERA and then a nine ERA in 2008 uh, and then a five in 2009. And then he was unhittable with the Marlins. So either unhittable or very hittable for Beckett. I love yeah. that guy. If, He's great. If the team we're playing in this do or die game has his ex-girlfriend sing the national anthem, I'm taking Josh Beckett. So badass. If you're a young take. fan and Good you're take. looking for this, what was that? What game was that again? Cleveland? Game that was game had to be five. Game four or five. What was the last one? Or no. Was it, was it early in the series? I thought it was. Oh wait, it had to be. You're right. It had to last be in the middle. Cleveland, right? Sox had a. Uh, it was had in field. Cleveland. It must have been game. I believe three. they were down three one. I think it was game five. Okay, so it was. It was uh, four three. That would have been. Uh, Taylor Swift was unable to perform originally. Yep. Yes. So they had ALCS game five. His ex girlfriend Danielle Peck. Um, she Who was said, right. Who was right? And Josh Beckett. Me. I know my Taylor Swift. Josh Beckett just came out and was like. F you. He said, my buddy Jason called me and said, hey, man, I just want to give you a heads up. Quite frankly, at this point in time, my anxiety was so crazy. Beckett said, recalling the incident, I just got anxiety until the first pitch. Like, sounds like it kind of freaked him out, and then he channeled it. I love that. Monster. Yeah. Absolute monster with the biggest wad of tobacco in his lip at all times. Yeah, I remember my my little sister used to really like Josh Beckett because she was like, he looks like a pug. (laughs) A pug? (laughs) Call them fat. Yeah, he looks like a pug. Mm-hmm. It's chubby. Like the dog? Yeah, he looks like he's got like a pug face. His nose. He does. Yeah, I, I can so. see where that comes I guess from. That's true. Uh final note, we're we're running it. Do we do we want to do the Halloween Halloween hypothetical? Oh yeah, that's a good question. All right. Why don't we do it like this, Coop? Can I could I uh I have an idea? What you if can you can have an idea? What if you 
go around and you just throw Red Sox players at us and we have to quickly say what we think their Halloween costume will be. Pat, will you or Bray you? Uh, oh, <laughs> Corgi. What? Oh, I only prepared well, one. That's <laughs> creepy. Just a short, <laughs> thick man. It's too specific. Like if you said dog, I'd be like, sorry. Oh, Gordo, Jaron Duran. Sorry. Superman. Easy. Oh, wait, no, no. Who's the fast superhero? The Flash. Quicksilver. Flash. Okay, yeah, Flash. We'll be Flash. Okay. Flash. I like how you went Fantastic Four. Is that Fantastic well, Four? Quicksilver? He's a no. superhero. He or he's a magician. He magically puts me in the stands in Seattle in July. All right, moving on. Uh Sammy. Hmm. Come on. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what I want to give you. I don't know what I want to give you. Come on. Whitlock. Whitlock? Ugh. He would be. Oh no. This is a hard one. I was going to say the girl from Queen's Gambit because he's into chess. He's into chess? Yeah. Okay, he would be uh, Gambit from uh, the, the what are they called? The friggin' the X-Men, the bad Excellent guy. Gambit. And he would throw cards. <laughs> okay. Yeah, card thrower guy. Okay, Coop, I got one for you. That has nothing to do with chess. What? Yeah, I was also wondering how you got there. I but. don't know. I, I, I gamble king from chess. I, Queen's Gambit? You gamble on chess? No, no, King's Gambit. Yeah, I heard King, uh, I heard yes. King's Gambit, and then I was like, oh, gotcha. All right, uh, Coop, uh, Connor Wong. Oh, um, that's a hard one, too. Yeah. What the hell is Connor Wong going to dress as? I'm trying to think of something. I'm going to say George Patton. Who's that? Because he's got a cannon for an arm. Oh, okay. I was going to, yeah, okay. General George Patton. Come on, keep up. Okay, uh, Gordo, uh, Verdugo. Ooh, oh, technically still on the team. <laughs> Verdugo can That's be a, a Mexican. Sure. He can be a Mexican wrestler. Lucha we'll Libre, a luchador. Lucha. Oh, he oh would yes, luchador. Nacho Libre, Nacho Libre, I like that. He can be Jack Black. He would love that. He would, he would, he would <laughs> we just that. went from he's gonna be a luchador to he's going to be Jack Black. Really? <laughs> Jack Black. School School of Rock. Jack Black. No. no, 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 no shirt, Nacho okay. Libre, Jack Black. Okay. What if we just like made the entire team different Jack Black? Do the Red Sox Third have any start. bald players? Uh, James Paxton? Can you imagine okay. if he's bald? James Paxton can be Avatar. Okay. Yeah. I got a Red Sox Rock. thought um, that, I, that I wanted to share uh, before okay. we wrap. Um, enough said? This is your enough said? Enough said, yeah, this is my enough said. Um, my enough said, ooh, Cattell Marte, not happy. My enough said is, um, how many Red Sox players? Like, I was just That's thinking about this the other night. There's so many Red Sox players that we've never seen sprint. I've never seen Chris Sale sprint down a baseline or James Pablo Pat, Sandoval. Pablo Sandoval. And I was just reflecting on that. I'm like, what does Chris Sale look like when he runs? I wonder what he, or can well, this is like, We've only seen this is like not. that age old. This is like that age old thing where it was like Clay Buckles was actually faster than Jacoby. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, that's part of why. I how, like you've never seen a baby pigeon. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wait, do, yeah. Why is that? Where do eels come God. from? They're drones. Oh yeah, They're you're the right. Bourgeoisie. They are drones. Hell yeah, brother. That is the answer. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, I've never. 
Uh, Never seen Brian Bayo run. Never seen Kyle Byraclaw throw a strike. Oh, he's catching shots. I bet you Corey Kluber runs faster than he throws. Corey Kluber might forever take shots on this podcast. He will. Just, yeah, I'll, I'll die on that sword. He will. He's yeah. won two Cy Young Awards, guys. Two. Sometimes you live long enough to become the villain, man. Oh, yeah. don't play out loud. Did you come up with that, dude? Uh, no. Why? Um, That's profound. No, Dark Knight. Yeah, no, I my dad told me that. Don't take credit away from me. You die here or take... live long enough to see yourself become That's the villain. That's exactly what Tim used to tell me. Do not take that away from him. You either, you, you're either the hero or you die and you become the villain. Uh, I'm going to bring up Pat Snuff said real quick. I guess we're just going to end it on this. Oh, I think this is the video. We just underperform like losers. This is the team for the next five plus years. So there's not, there's nothing that anybody could have done better to construct this team. They just didn't play. Maybe if they had a bullpen. Who are they? Who's he talking to? Is he just talking to open space? There was no target audience here. You know, I feel like being with a Red Sox fan is like a good place for him because like we get heated all the time. We know what that feels like. Nah, probably not. We're assholes. We'll be like, ah. no. I, I, re- I remember, I remember sitting up in the Coca Cola deck, uh, for the twenty twenty one ALCS, and uh, I remember just seeing Martin Perez come out of the bullpen. And I was just like, there he is, the human white flag. I can't believe we're giving up this series. Taking me back. Yeah. Taking good me times, back big man. time. Good times. I miss I, like, I, miss I miss being irrational. It was cool when uh I liked it when the like the Red Sox were good and they they played in these games in the playoffs. You know what yeah, that that's is? Sick. So like the, when the um, team's really good, they make the playoffs and then they play to what's win the that? series. I it's old friend. To know, uh, another See, time. Start off really happy. No, 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 we... no. We'll save it for another time. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We can multiply this conversation into anything we want. We could. <laughs> Did you say multiply? <laughs> He's pitching right now. He's pitching for the Diamondbacks. <laughs> and on that note.